and welcome to the PPM Podcast by Rego Consulting. I'm Steve Winchester, and joining me today, as always, is the ever-irresistible Camille Pack. Oh, Steve, you know what? You're one of my favorite bosses, maybe my favorite boss that I've ever had. It's so good to work with you. <laughs> you're, you're awesome, Camille, and I'm glad that we get a podcast. You're joining us today from Oregon, is that correct? That's right, Portland, Oregon, where it's raining and not snowing. Well, that's great. I, I'm in Utah, and I think it's supposed to be snowing starting tomorrow. And <laughs> and before we get going, of course, the other person joining us, as always, is our is our extremely talented and amazing creative director, Michael Murdoch. Michael, how's it going so far? It's going great, and uh, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, if, uh, if the listeners want to help us out by leaving us a rating, that would be awesome. Yeah, that rate, those ratings are important to help us boost up our podcast, which we are really becoming experts in podcasting. So, uh, we know that getting good ratings is also important to, to get noticed. So enough of that, enough of the self-promotion. Let's turn to our program. Camille, what do we have coming up for today? So some great stuff, some help for your ideation process. And then some information about a webinar and a white paper we've got on hiring really good project managers. And if you use ServiceNow, we have information on how to get a free JIRA connector. And if you use Clarity or CAPPM, we've got six things that you need to know about 15.3, as well as details about the Rego University event for CAPPM coming up. And who will we be interviewing today, Camille? Today, we have a fabulous interview. It's Christy Rice. Uh, Christy, if you need a home improvement project done, she's probably the person you want to call when she's not busy <laughs> out consulting with her great clients. Uh, she's, she's a very talented individual. Speaking the project manager through and through. That's right. That's right. So we hope we have some great things in store for our listeners today. And like Michael said, we're grateful that you take the time to be with us and to download these podcasts and listen. If you have any suggestions, or if there's something you'd like to see included in our podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. So let's turn to our first topic, which is uh, the ideation process. Right. So ideation is a really big deal. And we've got six ways that you can speed up your ideation. This is a free white paper that you can find on our website, but we'll just give you a couple things that you can pull out from it right now. Steve, do you want to start with one? Yeah. One of my favorite ones is number two, which is to focus on quality, not quantity. I know that in the past I've had, you know, things with the marketing team. We've done brainstorming for new ideas and Sometimes we go for quality and not necessarily quantity. I know that with any uh, situation for a company to be good, you want to make sure you're focusing on the things that are really going to drive your business forward and make a big difference. Right. And not only focusing on them, but measuring the right things. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. it's lots of companies measure success based on the volume of ideas instead of the quality, like you said, of the ideas. But the really important measurement should focus on quality and strategic impact. For example, the number of ideas submitted versus the number of ideas aligned with the company strategy or the throughput and duration of the ideation process or how many ideas were successfully delivered, like looking at the full funnel. Yeah. yeah. So a great white paper. If it's something that is of interest or of value to your organization, please feel free to download that. And we also have another uh, white paper that is coming out, which is around how to hire the right project manager. And if you are into zombies or apocalyptic things, <laughs> this white paper is just for you. Right? Because... 
<laughs> it really points out how to zone in on those qualities that you want in a project manager today. Yes. So it talks about how to, you know, things like distinguishing between behavioral and case interviews, how you need to know the what, difference. What is those. the difference? Well, yeah, let what's me the tell difference you. between a behavioral and a case interview? I don't want to do the spoiler and get to the zombie examples, but there are zombie examples within the white paper. But really, <laughs> you know, a behavioral um, uh, interview question is really where you ask somebody, if you did you do this in the past? Did this situation come up in the past? How did you deal with it? How did you manage it? What did you do to solve the problem? And a case interview is where you actually present a situation to the individual and ask them how they would go about solving it. Oh, so there you're using a real life example and testing a known skill set. Correct. Yes. Yes. And then there's that also, takes prep ahead of yeah. time. You can't just do that off the cuff. Yeah. And then there's also the favorite, you know, have two or three people in the room doing the interview and having them all designated to be a good cop, a bad cop, or, you know, just, you know, the Switzerland neutral person. <laughs> I, I love what Wes McCubrey, our writer of this paper, said about um, making the interview e-sweat. He called it uh, intellectual tension. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So another great piece uh, to to download, and there's also going to be a webcast available on that as well. So our webinar available on that as well. So let's turn our attention to ServiceNow for a moment. Our number one blog of all the blogs that we've written over the years, our number one blog continues to be a blog we put out over a year ago about the free Jira connector that's available in the ServiceNow app store. So if you're on, if you are on ServiceNow and have folks that are working within Jira and you want to get them connected with a bi-directional implementation, this connector is the way to go. And you know what? There are very few things in this world that are free, but this is a free connector as well. <laughs> so information on how to get to that uh, connector uh, and information about, the, uh, about how to get to the App Store is all available in the notes of this podcast. Right. And one of our other really popular blogs for a different product, CAPPM, is on the 15.3 release. So this is six things that you've got to know about 15.3. The release can function like a patch because if you're already on 14.4, it doesn't have a ton of new changes if you're not using the new UI or the new UX, user experience as we like to call it. Um, However, it the database schemas are being moved to 12C, so the amount of time for an upgrade is significant. And you want to treat 15.3 like a point upgrade as a major release. But it does have some really cool stuff in it. Um, one of the cool things are the blueprints. That's the biggest addition in the new UI. Um, partitions are replaced with with blueprints. And it's essentially a project template. It's a unique blueprint that can be created for each area of your organization. And it establishes the look and the feel of the project tiles that are becoming more and more popular and more and more usable. That's great. Well, we've covered a lot of ground so far. So what's next? (gasps) Steve, it's interview time. Oh, good. We can take a break. (laughs) (laughs) We get to take a break and talk to Christy Rice. She's a senior functional consultant with 15 years in the PPM space. At various companies, she has helped lead rollouts for major initiatives. Hi, Christy. We're so glad you joined us. Hey, Christy. Hi. How are you, AJ? So good. So you and I have spent a lot of time together, and I know that you have a fascinating background and a lot of companies buy to work with you. So when did you know that you had a special knack for project management? 
That's a great question. And the funny thing is, I don't think I ever realized I did. I was always, I've always been very organized and kind of methodical and, and learn things very quickly. Um, so mm-hmm. once I kind of started in the path or down the path of managing projects and working with developers and working with the business, and I realized that I could do a really good job of translating between the two groups, um, I just kind mm-hmm. of dove in and, and kind of went from there. Oh, that's cool. So since you've started, what do you think has been a significant change that's happened in project management? Um, I would probably say there were two main big things that have changed. One, um, that just the influx of all the different tools that are available for a holistic end-to-end project management you know, methodology is huge, right? So I know when I started, it was Excel, Word, you know, even, you know, MSP, if you were really, you know, really into project management, um, just the <laughs> fact that there are tools now and so many of them um, it is a big change. And I think the other thing is uh, the development, obviously, of the, the agile methodology, right? Um, before everything was very waterfall or very homegrown within a business. Um, so bringing in the agile methodology has also been a big change, big game changer for a lot of people. Right. That's great. Now, I have heard through the Rego grapevine which you know is a great place to get really good information <laughs> that you have this love for project management when it comes to home renovations and that you might have some exciting renovations that are happening in your downstairs area uh, do, would you mind sharing inf- you know what you're doing with our listeners sure sure um yes the grapevine was accurate in this one um i recently moved to uh, minnesota and bought a house and in the basement, decided to make it um, a very fun kind of entertainment room for those long, cold winters when you don't really go outside. Um, so I have started, or actually have completed by now, um, but started a bar, I guess is the best way to put it, um, from you know the very bottom step, you know, first step of ripping up the carpet and figuring out what the size and dimensions are and basically building it by hand. Um, took about three months, and it was very much a project management task list, right? And schedule and budget and everything that went along with it. Um, and kind of the piece de resistance, I guess, is the fact that I laid by hand 5,300 pennies wow. on the top um, just to give it that kind of unique look. So it's got, you know, a copper penny top. Oh, that's awesome. So what, what, what were your main KPIs for this particular project? <laughs> uh, I would say the fact that it would stand and not fall over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, <laughs> well, so, you know, Camille asked you a little bit about what some of the changes were that you've seen since you've started your journey in being a project portfolio manager. But, um, Today, what do you see with all the people that you meet and the companies that you're out talk, speaking with and everything, what do you see now as becoming the most critical or most important things that PPM leaders need to do or know or be acquainted with in order to be successful today? Um, well, there's a, obviously a lot of different things depending on the size of the organization and their PPM kind of level of maturity. Um, but from what I've dealt with with my last few clients, the biggest thing has been that as leaders move from maybe a more of a waterfall 
methodology to agile. They want to abandon, you know, everything waterfall. We don't need project managers. We don't need any formal documentation. And they almost go too far um, swinging the pendulum. Right? So I think it would be very useful if they, you know, had someone who could help provide a little governance and a little um, consulting maybe uh, to show them that if you took the strengths of each of the different methodologies and use them together so that you can keep teams productive and, um, you know, moving forward, kind of the way the agile methodology works. But you also use maybe some of the uh, more standard project management practices to keep, you know, your senior management aware of what's going on and what, you know, how's this initiative really working end to end? And are we on track and are we on budget? And some of the things are a little more standard project management methodology based. Um, and really tying those together and not trying to abandon one for the other, um, I think it would make them more successful, especially with those large organizations where they still have, you know, $5 million projects that have to get done in order to be successful. Right. So you do a lot of traveling when you're meeting with your various clients. Uh, what's a consistent challenge that you see people facing? Um, well, obviously the the changing methodologies is one of them. Um, another one is I, I've noticed that Sometimes the team that owns maybe the the delivery of the work and maybe if there is a tool that they're using for their project management, um, they're not always the same people who are establishing the procedures and the standards and, and the governance of the work getting done. And when those two groups don't work together, um, it really creates a big struggle. Right. Because you, then you'll have, you know, delivery managers out there trying to figure out, well, this I got to get the work done. I got to get the work done. And then other people going, well, but you didn't follow steps one, two, three, and four. So really, is it done to the right level of detail or the right level of quality and, and things like that? Um, that? That seems to be something that when those two groups, again, aren't tied together, it seems to create a lot more work and a lot more headache for the people involved. Mm, and more work is not what we want. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you've gone out, you've met all these people, you've gained all these great insights. Certainly, you have a travel nightmare story that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I, I when I saw this question, um, you know, I, I have to say that I've been really lucky, right? I have um, not had a, a lot of disastrous travel stories. Um, I think the worst travel experience I had, um, I was leaving a, a client site visit um, in Vermont, and it was the last flight of the day at about five thirty at night. Right. So it wasn't super late, but very small airport, not a lot of flights. And due to the weather um, in Minnesota, they got delayed about an hour. So we all have to get off the plane so that we can, you know, stretch our legs and not be trapped on the plane for an hour. And the entire airport had shut down. There was no food. There was no convenience store. There was, you know, basically two security guards to make sure we didn't leave the gate area. Uh, which wouldn't have been too bad, except for that it was dinner time and everyone was hungry and so it made everybody a little bit grouchy. Um, but, you know, again, so that's definitely not bad because once we got back on the plane and, and out in the air, the flight attendants were very nice, offered extra peanuts and pretzels and everything. <laughs> very nutritious meal. Very nutritious. You're, you're really good at um, warming up your flight attendants. I've noticed. You know, I, I do tend to get them on my side as much as possible. I always bring chocolates or snacks of some sort um, just to make them, you know, a little appreciated, to know they're appreciated. Travel tips. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, home remodeling. 
Do you have any uh, plans in the future that you can utilize your project management skills on? Very much so. Um, actually, that's what's uh, a kind of a joke uh, running around the house is that we have a whiteboard that has a list of all the projects that are still going to be done. <laughs> and once we tackle one, we create a project plan for it. Um, currently, actually, if it weren't for the snow that's outside right now, I would be working on um, a fireplace that we're building outdoors. Oh, wow. Okay, so um, earlier this summer, we started replacing a big chunk of the yard with a, a paver patio, um, kind of, you know, the lights that are in the patio, so they glow, you know, when it's nighttime and building a eight foot by 10 foot wow. outdoor fireplace um, on top of that. So we got the frame all put together, the blocks, and then the weather took a turn for the worse and it got a little cold. So uh, we got to finish that and then... You know, we're going to redo the master, master bathroom, do the kitchen, put a pool in. So there, there's definitely a long list of items that uh, are going to be coming. Just a few things. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, Christy, it has just been a joy um, sharing a few moments with you. You you have such uh, fun stories, and we, we certainly know that you are very valued with your insight and wisdom among all of our customers and great clients. And uh, so thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Christy. Thank you. Happy good. Well, as always, that was another great interview, Camille. And I don't know if I would have the patience to do any kind of handiwork with that many pennies. <laughs> yes, she's no, exceptional. Yeah, no kidding, right? So as we wrap up, let's take a look at what's on our radar for our next podcasts. Okay, so coming up soon, we're going to get you information about how you can communicate the value of project and portfolio management with your team, with your leadership, with the rest of your organization, so you can get moving forward on your PPM. This is a commonly, uh, this is a, a common question we get: is you know how can we show that we're bringing in value? Are we measuring the right things to show that value? And you, you know, with the with the over ten years of experience and thousands of implementations. Our consultants have some great insight that they've pulled together to, you know, help you know what makes a, you know, what can communicate that you have a strong PPM and it's bringing strong value. That's right. And you don't want to miss Rego University. It's time to sign up now. It's the largest CA PPM user event of the year. Knowledge sharing and networking like you wouldn't believe. I've gone to this for four years now. I love it. People across Every different, you know, like every industry show up here, rub shoulders together, a lot of really impressive people, and um, there's there's just nothing like it. So my big question is, will you be playing your ukulele this year? <laughs> I have been practicing my ukulele, but you know how I feel about performing in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we're excited you'll be there. We hope that you'll, our listeners will want to join us. It will, this year's Rego University will be April 22nd to the 26th, and it will be at the Lansdowne Resort and Spa in Leesburg, Virginia. It's a beautiful venue. If you went to uh, our venue last year in um, San Antonio, you know that that was just really a cool place to go. And this is really a lot like uh, that venue as well. Just it's, it's open. There's some just cool landscaping and areas to hang out and network because that's really an important part of Rigo University is just that networking and learning from each other. It's also in wine country. And it's only eight miles from Dulles International Airport. So it's a, a great location. We hope you'll join us. Yes. So check out RigoUniversity.com. It's going to be amazing. 
And so with that, I think that's our program. So thank you for joining us. If you have a question or would like us to add a topic or answer a question, please reach out to us at podcast at regoconsulting.com. The PPM Podcast is produced, as always, by Michael Murdoch. <laughs>